It's the Fire Zone Show coming at you. 2022 NFL season, week one in the books. The Ravens go up to the Meadowlands, play the Jets, come back with the dub in soggy conditions. <laughs> but most importantly, they got the dub starting one and oh. And we're going to talk defense as we always do. And uh, we have a lot of, lot of positive things to talk about coming out of that first game from a defensive perspective. But first and foremost, as always, joined by the man himself, Denard Melton, at Denard13 on Twitter, at the Fire Zone Show on Twitter, at stop. What's going on, Denard? <laughs> how, you, how you been, man? We, we ain't that big time, big time, big time. <laughs> We, we don't we don't get that type of press. We, we ain't looking for that. <laughs> I wasn't I, ready. I, I'm good, man. I'm I'm I am enjoying what I thought was 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 fun to watch and understanding going forward what the defensive philosophy is going to look like. So I was I I when you get 84 plays. You get a lot of information. Yeah. Both ways. You 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 made that point right before we, we started recording about how much tape that gives you from a defense perspective, and particularly because of how many times the Jets drop back to throw the ball. So you're getting to see, you know, these true drop back situations. A high ball. <laughs> I mean, we, we talked about it, 62 dropbacks. Uh, 59 pass attempts for Joe Flacco, tied for second most in his career. So, you know, that's that's not something he's done a whole lot. And uh, typically, you know, I think you're going to feel pretty good about your chances of winning that game. Uh, if you, if you you know, defensively, if you get a guy dropping back that many times, um, you know, unless you're in some kind of crazy shootout. But other than that, in this situation, your offense has got lead, you're playing uh, with that lead and, you know, that's always a good place to be in. So it was fun to watch it. It was good to see uh, some guys who we had not uh, didn't have an opportunity to see during the preseason get out there and play. And so, you know, like we always do, uh, we'll go through position group by position group, just get your perspective. But um, why don't we jump right into it? I was going to say you yeah. guys gave your overall vibe check of uh, uh, how you felt about the game. Yeah, yeah. So let's 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 start up front. I mean, and what a place to start. 16 pressures on Joseph Vincent Flacco. Uh the D line, man. What'd you think about them? Why you gotta use that man's full birth name? <laughs> his government name. <laughs> Leave his government birth name out of it. He didn't deserve that. <laughs> oh I I was pleasantly surprised at the at the tempo of the pass rush. There was different versions. There was a lot more freedom up front. Um, I mean, case in point, how many times did we see Justin Houston jump inside last year? Mm. I I count that probably on one hand if, 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 if I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say it never happened twice in a game. <laughs> I can safely say that. It never happened Sunday. in back-to-back games. I can safely say that. It was working on Sunday. <laughs> but that's 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 what we saw in Michigan with Mike, which was freedom for the guys up front. Now, now not full-scale freedom, 
it's you know sometimes you saw every guy just bull rush because that's the set they got and you're seeing guys being able to read their offense alignment now and not just be having to do a particular rush and and I have to be outside so I can only rush this way now guys can read the offense alignment if he shows me hands I can do a quick hands get around them if he's showing me chest right now I'm gonna put my hands in his chest and drive him back um, if he quits sets, I'm gonna try to race by him on the outside. You know, those are the things that now are in a lot of those guys' arsenal. We saw that with, with my BK, we saw that with Washington, we saw that with my man Michael Pierce, who has this should be a cautionary tale for a lot of free agents when you move from system to system. He went from a system that fit him to a system that did not fit him in Minnesota. They didn't know how to use him in Minnesota. He's not can not he cannot always be a one technique as they were asking him in Minnesota. Because it's not functionally good for him. Here in Baltimore, if he's on the nose, going shade, no shade, no shade. That's where he's he's beautiful at because him in a center. There are very few centers in this in this league that can handle them. And I was watching uh, the guy from Detroit, what he was doing to Jordan Davis. That'd be one guy that can handle a Michael Pierce because yeah, right he he made he made Davis look like a fifth round pick yeah. on, right on Sunday. Now. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll digress from the <laughs> yeah. fact that yeah. I wouldn't have picked Jordan Davis in the first place. Uh, <laughs> Um, everyone else up front, it was it was it was awesome to watch. Uh, Campbell look revived because he can get some pass rushes from the outside. He like a new man, new new body. Um, the use of what we call in college double toads, which is tackles dropping out into into pass coverage, and watching Michael Pierce literally searching, looking for number three. And and Campbell looking for the slants. I mean, as a defensive coordinator, just like you can tell, a everyone's engaged, and b everybody understands their job, and c they like what they're doing. If you don't like what you're doing on defense, you're not gonna do it. You're not gonna play well. It's not. Now that's something that I think is is kind of underrated. We don't talk about probably as much as we should is that, you know, we talk about these coaches, whether it's defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, sometimes even head coaches, if they have a background on a particular side of the ball. When we talk about their offense, their defense, no, it's, it's the player's offense. It's the player's defense. Mm-hmm. If this is not theirs, if they don't have ownership in it and feel like, hey, this is something that, number one, I like you said, I enjoy playing in. But number two, I get it. It makes sense. I understand why we're doing what we're doing. I understand how to fix the problems and solve the problems that, you know, that we might get, that we, we anticipate getting. It's got to be theirs. And I think when you see that, when, when that happens on teams, then you see defenses play at a really high level because it's their defense. It's not Mike McDonald's defense. Like, I don't think even he would say that. I think even he yeah. would say, hey, this is the player's defense. Yeah. And to kind of finish up with OA, everyone who was looking for him to be – 
just jump out of the gate. He did everything he was asked to do by freeing up other guys. And he, his stuff will come. He played very well in the sense of what he was asked to do. He, he dropped in the coverage a lot more than I even thought he was going to be doing. Um, and we kind of talked about that a little bit, the fact that I think he's kind of not out of position in a sense, but I think the normal rotation would be Owe and Bowser, and Bowser being more of the drop guy right. than Owe. But Owe has to do that because we're not going to ask Justin Houston to do that. That's just – no, you rush the passer. Yeah. So he'll be fine. He's holding down the front the fort on that side until Bowser gets back. Once Bowser gets back, he'll move over there and he'll probably have 10 sacks by the end of the season. So I, I, I won't worry about it because he's doing different things that are helping other guys right now. And if you understand linebacker play, the Sam linebacker does all the dirty stuff in a, in a quote unquote four, three, the Sam does all the dirty work, all the, all the, the fun stuff that no other linebacker wants to do. <laughs> um, they're asked to do weird stuff to make everybody else's job easier. And that's what he's doing right now. And he, and he did it very well on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think we you hit it on the head. You got to factor in Bowser's absence. And like you said, you probably would see um, Bowser doing more of that kind of stuff, freeing up Owe to rush more. Owe and Houston probably would split more snaps, mm-hmm. um, you know, because Houston was out there for 54. Um, yeah, we, can, oh, we can't I, have that. Yeah, gotta, That's got to be around 30 to 40, at the yeah, most 40. Yeah. Ideally, yeah, I was going to say, I don't I don't think they kind of want him in that range. Um so, you know, a couple of these guys, when they come back, will help out in that way. Like when Bowser comes back, he'll help out in that way. When Travis Jones comes back, you know, he'll help out on the interior defensive line. Not that Campbell played a ton, but he played 41. You know, you might want to bring his down a little bit. Around um, 30, 35, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll see some of that as they move forward and get guys um, back healthy. But, um, yeah, man, the D-line. It was impressive. <laughs> you mentioned all the names. I really don't have anything else to add in there. We just saw guys just in the backfield, Flacco, under duress consistently. Uh, it was a beautiful thing to see. And you didn't have to do it with, you know, seven guys and leaving leaving your secondary out to dry, looking stank out there. <laughs> looking stanky. No. Yeah. yeah. No. So that, was, that was refreshing, too. Uh, to be able to see to see that. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about linebackers uh, and Pat Queen. You know, who, who kind of been the topic of conversation since that game. One because of how much he played, all 84 snaps. We didn't we didn't see kind of what we saw last year with him coming off on third down or kind of in obvious passing situations. He was on in all situations yeah, <laughs> in that yes. game. Uh, so, what do you think about the linebackers? Overall, I think they played very well. Um, if we want to hone in on, we'll we'll start with the lesser of, of of the three with Harrison. I think Harrison played his role. I think he did what he needed to do. I think he was solid. I don't think he was out of position very often, um, if at all. Um, 
I think Bynes does what Bynes does, which is he, he plays around. I will say this. He was a little more hesitant than, than I would like him to be in certain run plays, and I know that's about seeing it and not playing in the preseason. But he, he he was a little slow to react a little bit this week. So um, hopefully that will pick up, um, you know, coming up this week. Um, Mr. Queen, I, I will say he had a very – he was more consistent than he has been in three years. He was more consistent in terms of flash plays. He was more consistent in cutting down on negative plays. Um, you know, some things that people have been saying that he's he was a little, you know, he wasn't tackling as well in the open field. Okay, sure. You wanna you wanna attack that? That hopefully will come with the season because once again, he didn't play in the preseason. People go back. Well, he got shook on the goal line. I will tell you this <laughs> as a linebacker, that play you will, you're guessing yeah. on, on a running back. And if you can take a glance on what side he may be going, great. He can turn left, turn right. He decided to turn left and he got beat. Okay. That happens. Let's back up a few plays before that. He played it perfectly. Yeah. I remember that. So, that dude's getting paid too. Yeah, <laughs> so that stuff's gonna happen. But overall, I saw signs of him understanding linebacker. And you posted a couple of clips today. I commented on one of them that to me it was very sexy to see a linebacker playing LB that way with the shuffles and the and the the explosion and understanding the reads that are in front of him and dropping in the pass coverage and not looking lost in pass coverage. I think that's important. Last couple of years, he looked lost. He looked looking for people and he turned around. like, was that my man? Blah, 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 blah. There's just, there's a structure in place. So he knows where he's going on every coverage. It doesn't change unless by formation. And that's a slight variance to that. So having a consistent defense will help him be more consistent and be more explosive and be making the plays that he should be making and then making some of those explosive plays that we want to see on a regular basis. Yeah, he looked comfortable out there, man. He just looked comfortable to me. I mean, we, we've seen him in previous seasons look uncomfortable. In Very. And, and, and kind of like just – like all over the place, you know, and like you say, yeah, sure, you're going to have some plays here or there. People talked about the play action that he bit real hard. On. You're going to have some plays like that throughout the game because, again, I mean, think about how you're not going to – he's not going to play this many plays, you know, on average. You know, typically it's going to be somewhere in the 60s, but he played 84 snaps. And if right. you're telling me out of 84 snaps, you might have had three, four, five plays where, you know, you'd like to have him back. It wasn't exactly, you know, the way you'd like to do it. I mean, I don't think you can be too upset with that out of 84 snaps. So I just loved how comfortable he looked. I like that McDonald gets him involved in the rush just because I think that aligns with his playing mentality 
Like he yes. wants to attack. He wants to be uh, aggressive. And I want to say this because it's going to sound bad. So I'm trying to like disclaim it. He has some, <laughs> in, he has some impatient tendencies. I think. Yes, and so, it does. And so, yeah. Yeah, and so sometimes I think for guys who are like that, just having them rush sometimes, I think that's a good thing. Well, you got to reward them. You got to feed yeah. them. Yeah. You, gotta, you can't just dangle the, the chicken wing out there and say, smell it, and he going to sit there. No. Here. Go get it every once in a while. Yeah, I think if you got them out there for a bunch of snaps, you say, okay, read, 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 read. Sometimes you got to turn them loose. You know, you got to cut them loose and let them go because I think that just aligns kind of with his – his, his mentality. <laughs> so. I, I think I think I think Cam. I, I forget who said in the, in the interview this week uh, earlier this week already about when calls come in. And I think it might have been Campbell. He was saying guys are looking in the huddle. Oh, I like that. I like that. You have no idea how you know after a play is done, we're all in the huddle. We're waiting for the call to come in. We all want a call. Well, yeah, let's heat them up. Like. Like give us a blitz, and and then when that blitz comes in, you're like, we're all on the same page. Like we're all feeling the vibe. We're all in the same game. Like there are some moments last year and two years ago where I'm sure in that huddle they're like, what game are we in? Like why are we running this in this situation? So to hear that come out of defensive guys' mind mouths when they're like, everybody in the huddle is like, yeah, I like that call. I like the call. So that means everybody's extra honed in on their stuff. They're going to play it even harder because they like the call, yeah. and they're going to go even harder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just human nature, right? Any Anything, particularly yeah. football, what you're talking about, but anything, when you believe in it, when you like it, uh, you know, you're going to be a little bit more dialed in when it's time to do it, you know, a yeah. little bit more bought in, a little bit more invested because you're like, okay, nah, this, yeah, let's go. Let's roll. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just that's just human nature. Um, before we go to the secondary, I, t- I told you beforehand, I had my numbers. So I'm going to just throw some of my numbers in there. Just, you know, I, you just sprinkle them in there throughout. Spring, sprinkle them. Because I know, you know, being being a guy who played defense and called defenses, these things, you know, you enjoy these things. So Ray yes, I do. 11, I love numbers. 11 QB hits, three TFLs, two forced fumbles, recovered one yeah. of them. Right now, here's one. Here's another good one. I know you're like, this. Jets had 12 drives. Only two of them ended with them scoring points. <laughs> you got a field goal right before halftime, and they got that late touchdown later in fourth quarter at the end. Other than that, what are we looking at? Six punts, one interception, one missed field goal, one fumble, one turnover on that. So we we talked about <laughs> my keys for this game and face of the season, but in essence. You have to control games, and you can control them just like Mike McDonald did defensively. And people are like, well, we didn't see the offense go explode. No. But once again, you have a defense who is dominating. Why do I need to get aggressive? I don't need to get aggressive on offense. I need to be boring. And scoring points, and if I if if I'm boring and scoring points, guess what? I'm winning. I'm winning football game because I'm playing to my defense. Now that's gonna, you know, life happens and that role is gonna change. Defense is gonna be not be able to control the football game, and they're gonna need the offense to control the football game. Yep. 
nature of football. Nature of the football game. So the offense complemented what defense that arrived that day, which was a stingy defense. So therefore, Greg Roman can now, after the first quarter, go, you know what? I don't have to take a lot of chances. I can be more conservative. So I can dink and dunk, run plays, do this, put 10 points on the board, let my defense go to work, get me a couple turnovers, guess what? Bang, 55 yards. Bang, another field goal. Guess what? We're up 24 to, what, 24 to 3? Mm-hmm. I ain't got nothing else to do. I can just run the football, get a couple first downs, punt the football. Defense is going to do their job. Absolutely. And see, this is something, it's funny you make that point, that Greg Roman had talked about, kind of flipping it over from the offensive perspective. A year or two ago, it wasn't last year, it might have been back in 2020. Somebody was making the point about 300-yard passers and 300-yard passing games. He said, you know, what's interesting, take a look back at how many of those were wins when you see all these guys with 300-yard passing games. Because guess who had a 300-yard passing game? Joe Flacco. <laughs> guess how many points they put up? <laughs> right. I, 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 sent that, I sent that thing yeah. to the chat earlier yeah, with the about, about the receivers. Yeah. I think it was, what, 10 receivers? Seven of them lost. Yeah. They were over 100 yards. So what what value is Devontae Adams at 155 and you still losing football games? Meanwhile, I can split his salary, pick up another good corner and another rusher. Depends on what type of football team you're trying to build is where your money goes. And if you want to be highlights and, and scoring points, then you're going to have receivers going for 150 and David Carr going for 350 with three touchdowns and a pick. But guess what? They didn't have control of the game. Nope. Never had control of that game. Nope. Or I can beat Greg Roman. I can roll out there with two tight ends, three tight ends on, <laughs> on third and eight, on third and nine, because he's the game is under control. The game's under control. I can, I can put Lamar in third and eight and say, hey, go be you. Go get me a first down. If you not by your arm, buy your legs. Yeah. Buy me another series. Buy your defense another three, four minutes sitting on the bench. Yeah. If you don't get it, okay, defense is playing well. Punt them in the corner. Start at the 10. How many times did the Jets have to start inside their 15-yard line? Yeah. Hey, Jordan Stout, another guy. I mean, we're, we're talking defense and, you know, we don't – But he's part, he is a bigger part of the defense than what people think. Yeah. If he's continuing to bury people inside of the 15, you know how easy that is as a defensive coordinator? Because that cuts the offensive coordinator's playbook, cuts playbook. by 30%. Absolutely. There's just calls that you're not going to make. I'm not going to see it until he gets over to 40. <laughs> and then I got to adjust a little bit. Yeah, there's just stuff you're not going to do. So it all works hand-to-hand. This is when Harbaugh talks about complimentary football. People are like, oh, his coach speak is a buzzword. No, it literally means something. It literally means something. And these are the kinds of things that he's talking about where each phase complements the other. And if we all execute and do what we're supposed to do, then we're going to be able to win a lot of games. Win a lot of football. You put yourself in the best position to win. You're not going to win them all. But guess what? If my if my if everybody's if everybody's firing, I'm winning football games. If I got two firing. Depends on the garbage the other one is doing. You got a good shot at winning. If only one's firing, you lose the football game. There ain't no question about it. Yeah, I just I, when you asked that question, I just wanted to look real quick because I, I 
wasn't sure. I, you know, just watching it, you see it, but you don't really know. So let's see, they started inside their 11 once, their 11, uh, their nine, started at 17, started at 22, uh, started at 20. So basically, then again, okay, so basically out of their 12 drives that we talked about earlier, uh, I want to say if my math is right, eight or nine of those inside the 25. And what was their best starting position? Uh, their best uh, looks like the 43, right? Because they got that interception, that late inter- DJ Reed. Inside of Ravens territory? Yeah, but that was a turnover. That was, that a, was turnover. a turnover. But yeah. normal situation, like receiving a kick, their best position, best starting field position, was their own 29. Yeah, but you still have to factor in that one. So they had one, <laughs> one. And that was an offensive mistake for them to start in plus territory. That was it. You don't lose football games unless you're bad at defense. (laughs) (laughs) You might have a great punter. Because there's a team team down in Atlanta (laughs) that does – it don't matter. Yeah, doesn't seem to. (laughs) I don't care what defensive coordinator. They need a seance. Something. Down there, they need to burn whatever defense like jerseys. Like, who was that one time that Rick Rex Ryan buried footballs in the Jets? They need to bury something, bury bury the ball. (laughs) You know, you might need to do what's uh, uh, Kyrie before the games where he's burning the sage. (laughs) Joe Boo, you might need a smudging. In the uh down there in the house that uh Dion built. I want to know what Dion was down. They need to say they they need some like defense, like they gotta figure it out. It's just uh, it's not uh, all right, it's let's, depressing let's get to, to this let's get to the <laughs> secondary, and then I know you had another topic you wanted to hit on. I got the question. Question we get to the question phase of the program. It's not for me this time. Uh, we'll, we'll go we'll go over that. But uh, as we talk about a secondary, one last thing I should throw. I, I can't believe I kind of buried the lead on this because we know how important third down is. Two for 14 on third down Beautiful. for the Jets. So yes. you got to love that. Uh, but anyway, Ravens secondary. Some new pieces back there. Marcus Williams, who I told you, I was like, man, that dude played with a different type of energy. You see him running around. <laughs> him and Chuck Clark in the same field, that's dangerous. This it's real dangerous. Different type of energy, but he was out there. Uh, Kyle Hamilton got his first run in a regular season game. Some of the other pieces, really, I think we saw a little bit of everybody. Jalen R. Davis, who I didn't even expect to be up for this game, let alone yeah. play in the yeah. game. He played. Pepe was out there for a little bit. Uh, Kyle Fuller, unfortunately, you know, suffers a, a serious injury uh, and is yeah. done for the year. They've torn ACL, right? Um, so that sucks. But um, your overall thoughts on how the secondary play? For how many throws, I think they held up very well. I mean, that's 59 throws coming your way. That's 59 different, just just different. And much easier to defend when you're a zone-based team than um, obviously a man-based team. Um, I think you saw a lot of guys – really step up and play well. I, I think having Kyle Hamilton changes the dynamic because now we saw Marcus Marcus Williams up by – that man can blitz. Yes, he can. 
And now with three safeties on the field, and basically got two free safeties on the field with, with Kyle Hamilton, you leave him in center field, and and that's huh, your playbook is enormous. And 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 Chuck played well, causing fumbles all over the place. He's going to be a key. Um, Brandon Stevens played very well in the second half. Um, I do wish he had gotten his eyes back on that last tight end, the yeah. last touchdown. He's right there. Uh, he, he's going to have nightmares, and I'm he's sure right people there. are roasting him because literally if he just actually looked <laughs> for the football, he went for six. Joe is throwing that ball regardless. <laughs> that ball is coming out. Yeah. So – um, overall, I think the, the secondary held up well. I think zone defense sewed up well. I think they played it very well. I think they tackled very well. They kept the ball in front. Um, I do not believe the Jets attempted a deep ball, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I didn't actually, see any. Yeah, I actually do have some numbers on that, too, man. I'm telling you, this is a numbers kind of show. <laughs> I was making sure I was doing my, my homework on this one. So, as you might expect, when somebody drops back and throws the ball 59 times, yeah. uh, there's going to be some some completions that probably get to that 10-yard mark or further. But they didn't have anything longer than, I think, 22 was the longest one. And they had 11 completions that were 10 yards or more, like I said, the longest one being 22. But then aside from those 11, which seven of those came after they were already down by 14 points. So you're already right. in zone mode. You're already playing a little bit softer at that point. Um, other than that, though, I mean, it was just like you said, pretty much just dinking and dunking, keeping everything in front of you, rallying up, tackling the ball. And punishing. How many How many punishing type – what did we talk about? You roll over. You, you get a little yeah. slow coming off a pile. Give him an extra, not even an extra <laughs> shove. You just kind of bump into him a little bit. Like, you saw all that on display. <laughs> Put your body on. Got a little handsy from time yeah. to time. I didn't like the call on Stevens. Yeah. On the end breaking route, I thought that was a little. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he seems to. It's like they'd be looking looking for him, man. <laughs> Going back he's to long, here's, he's got long arms. So he's got to a he's got to start wearing sleeves because it's kind of sticking out. A little bit. Yeah, he's drawing attention. <laughs> drawing attention to himself. He got to hide his arms better. Yeah. Um, but he's got long arms, so. When you see long, especially a white long arm extend, you're gonna see it. That's that's why guys wear the same color. That's why they banned wearing the same color jersey gloves <laughs> with guys. So that's why you have to kind of wear the same color long sleeve as your jersey, so it doesn't look like you're being extra. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I always remember with him, people probably go back to the draft and remember, I mean, this guy played running back <laughs> at UCLA yeah. before, he, before he walked on at SMU and uh, played a little corner, played a little safety, then comes into the NFL, does the same thing right from the jump. I mean, he's literally played in every game yeah. since he's been a rookie. And you don't get on, you know, and, and it hasn't. It hasn't been because of, of injury necessarily. I mean, you know, last year when he first got on, everybody was healthy, you know, aside from coming out of camp, you know, obviously Peters wasn't there, but they had Averitt back then. So you had another corner. You had Deshaun Elliott, you know, before he got hurt. So, I mean, he he earned those snaps that he was getting. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing this year. 
So, I mean, they understand how valuable he is. Like you said, sometimes there's some plays out there and people kind of jump on those and say, oh, this guy can't play, he can't cover. Hey, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> They're getting paid. You try and cover a, a wide receiver. Go out there, even your height, even your buddy. When you don't know he's running out right, he sets you up from inside out. See how your legs feel on that cut. And and sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. Look, you try and get some people hurt out there, man. Uh, <laughs> going out, out there, there trying, trying, to, trying to play DV to be like uh, what my man uh, Coach 30 said about uh, Jalen Ramsey. Couldn't cover your food in the microwave. <laughs> ooh, ooh. He, ooh. he was rough. He was rough on Jalen. He's rough. He, he must have been part in all offseason. Man, the, the scripts he writes, those lies. I mean, he even he spitting some bars and things. Couldn't oh, cover your goodness. food in the microwave. Laid on your back like Abraham Lee. I was like, good ah, Lord. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't play dead in the Western that was coming out? That and, and then some. That and then some. Mm. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's that's kind of uh, a wrap up of the defense. We went through all the different groups, highlighted some of the players that caught our eyes, and uh, man, just just you know, an impressive debut, I think, um, for all intents and purposes. I think the last little thing, and I'll, I'll ask it more as a question than a statement, is because it ended up not being a factor in the game. But Jets popped a couple of runs. You saw them, not many. Yep. Not many. I want to say they had a they I see I might have got the runs confused with the passes because I think I said 22, 19, and 14. I actually think that was the runs. I think they had three runs um like that. And then after that, they didn't have anything longer than six yards. Um but you know, what did you think about that? Is that just kind of the nature of it? Like, hey, sometimes something's gonna pop, or do you you look at that and say, Hey, there, there's always gonna be stuff to clean up in any defensive performance, no matter how well you think you did, there's always going to be stuff to go back and say, hey, we can we can clean this up a little bit. Yeah, the latter. Um, I'm not worried until week four. Like, I need, I need run defense is always the last to come in. Zone defense is, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's just easier to get on the same page. Because there's drops, you know who the number is to this, that, and the other. I've always told you this, but run defense is like a dance. Everybody's got to be on the same page. Everybody's got to be flowing. Everybody's got to be hitting their gaps. And particularly with Mike McDonald's defense is because a lot of times guys are only responsible for one gap. And I think a lot of those couple runs were off tackle which can be a problem for any football team that hasn't had a lot of, you know, reps in terms of how to fit against the zone. I mean, the first one they broke on the opening drive, Marcus, Marcus Williams just didn't fire. Yeah. He hadn't, he just hadn't played real football in in six months. So he, he was in position. He just didn't keep going because, you know, it takes, yeah. it takes a little bit. It takes, yeah. it takes some time. But I think we saw once the game started going, guys understood the blocking schemes that are in front of them and then getting used to guys next to you 
and then you just started seeing guys understand what they were up against and the fits started getting better and tighter and guys were rallying and tackling. So I'm not, I'm not worried until week four. And it's, if teams are consistently running on you after like four weeks, then you, you, you need to reevaluate what's going on. Kind of like a couple of years ago with Cleveland when we just fired everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That was oof. Nick Chubb. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cleaning things up, before we get to the question, because uh, you know that kind of stuff bothers me when I do it. So, yeah, I did have the runs mixed up with the passes, but still, the longest pass was 24 yards. Um, you know, then you had a couple in the teens, more than a couple, probably about nine or 10 in the teens, but everything else under 10 yards, you know, kind of like I said, keeping everything in front of you, playing top down. And, um, you know, that's. I, when I looked at it and I saw the yardage, so like you're watching the game, right? You're not necessarily keeping track of yards or anything like that. So you're watching, and you go back and you look at the, the yardage totals after the game. And I think to myself, I'm like, this is this is defense in the modern NFL. This is what it's going to be, right? Keeping everything in front of you, <laughs> rallying, punishing back. guys. Yeah. It's it's back it's back to the the Patriots way of doing things in early 2000s. Yeah. You gonna you gonna you gonna throw that football away around? We're no longer just gonna chase you, like in man coverage and, and blitz you to death because this is not not working. I mean, look at Joe Burrow last year, number one against the blitz, and we still kept blitzing. Like what? Flashback. Sorry. <laughs> but Cardinal, Cardinals just found out against Patrick Mahomes this week. They said a bunch. Stop of blitzing people. And he lit them up. <laughs> Stop it. Be strategic. Stop I listening. know we all figured out last year, at least the, the first half of last year, that you know, kind of keeping that that two deep shell playing off. You know, it took him a while to adjust to that. Now, as the season went on, he did adjust. Yeah. But you know, hey, I, I'll take my chances that way, as opposed to sending a bunch of people at him and just getting lit up. <laughs> right. And the, and the Ravens are doing it a little differently in the secondary because they run a lot of single high, but they also run a lot of robber in the middle of the field so they are keeping a lid on things by saying we're going to be man free but we're also going to have this little mini zone in the middle of the field and you still have to go attack the outside where you don't want to attack right and i and i i enjoyed it i i it's been a while since you've seen a defensive coordinator who basically said you're just not gonna throw in the middle field. Like no. <laughs> and if you can if you can combine that kind of structure with the kind of consistent pressure they got on the quarterback where he's not got time to hold the ball and let stuff develop right. on the field, it's gotta come out. Well, where's it gonna go? Yeah, it's gonna go underneath and you got yeah. to tackle running backs. That's it. That's it. So um, you know, like you said, it was it, it was it was refreshing. That's the word I keep. I keep it's refreshing. Keep in my mind, it was refreshing. You know, I was like, yeah, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is professional. <laughs> I this is I, I mean, I did have that comment where I I don't know what it was. It was third and ten, and we only sent four. Yeah. And I was like, you know, if that was last year, that would have been a seven man, <laughs> some yeah. side blitz, <laughs> and a guy would have got a first down on a, on a leaking running back and been sitting there like, why why. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. And he picked his spots in this game. I mean, he sent five, 
at times. There might have been a couple. I wasn't 100% sure if it was a cold six-man pressure or somebody's dogging, you know, off yeah. of the running back does or something. Sometimes I don't know that stuff. But, um, you know, it's not like he won't bring pressure, but he's not going to do it at the expense of coverage. No, I don't think – I don't – I honestly don't think I saw a zero blitz. Oh, no, I didn't see no zero. I yeah. might like I said, I might have saw a six that might have been like a uh, a backer had had the back and the back stayed in, so he came. Yeah, and something like that. Like a couple of those uh, Marcus Williams blitzes. I think there was one towards the end where he um, he got pierced for. He came in the center and the back slid to Williams, <laughs> and Pierce came after. That might have been like a six. Where the sixth person just added on. It probably was a five. Did did you did you notice something about that last drive defensively? What Mike McDonald was doing last couple drives. Tell me. I'm gonna guess it's wrong. Smart. It's a, it's 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 smart and it's 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 kind of petty. It's smart. Which is all that exotic stuff, throw it out there on tape. Yeah. Get it all out there. All get it in your bag. Because you you can get stuff you would never run. In certain situations, get it on tape. Throw it out there. Now, guess what's going to happen? Now you got to go game plan for it. Yeah, it's all out there now. It's all out there. They run this. They do that. Meanwhile, Mike's like, <laughs> we weren't going to call that. <laughs> anyway. But <laughs> since I got time and space and opportunity, guess what? I'm going to call it. Yeah, let's go ahead and put that out there. Put now, it on dude. tape. And But it not only does it, it's, it, it causes issues for scouting, but it allows you to put it on tape so your players see it. And they've done it. So now you can pull tape, you know, two, three weeks in the season and be like, remember when we ran this thing and they ran this coverage? Yeah. Got it on tape. Yeah. You can show the kids. You can, you can, As a coach, you can look at it like, I won't run that if I get that same formation in a different game. Yeah. So you try some dumb stuff out. That's why some of those runs broke against, you know, some zone blitz pressure, that, that's going to happen against zone. Sure. It's going to happen. Sure. Because you're slanting one way, linebackers are blitzing that way, they're going to find a seam. Yeah, You're just hoping that the blitz linebacker runs into yeah. the running back before he hits the seam. Yeah. Sometimes they just catch you in that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. That, and it's that, a slant, that. yeah. That. Um, all right, so let's get to this question. Um so you wanted to talk about game plan yeah. and game planning from the perspective of, okay, we're moving from one game to the next game. But we're not doing a ton of changes defensively as we move from game to game. So what do you, you want to cover? On so that? in previous years, we've watched a lot of games where you can tell that we have schemed up a lot of our defenses to match certain plays like Pittsburgh would run, Cincinnati would run, Cleveland would run. So as a defensive player, your responsibility is always changing from game to game, week to week, because you're scheming. You're scheming up the other team and figuring out, what defense can I put together that's going to stop 80% of their plays? And, I, you know, you do that each and every week. Well, that's why you had a lot of busts. That's why you had a lot of missed tackles, all the other stuff that was seemingly going on. And as a defensive player during each and every week, 
it gets a little exhausting when you have to there's no base that you can come back to as a defensive player and say, okay, we have a base defense. We're doing this, this, and this. Okay. That's just simple changes. I can do that. But in previous years, we were scheming. We were this. We're blitzing. We had this blitz package and that blitz package and this, that, and the other. It can be overwhelming and distracting each and every week game planning because you're not just trying to understand your scheme. You're trying to understand what the team is trying to do to you. So if you got to learn two different things. We're not the smartest cats on defense. That's why we're on defense. <laughs> All we know how to do is, is be physical, be fast. Very few of us smart. <laughs> Don't ask us to be too that smart, which is why some defenses in the NFL struggle because they ask their players to be way too smart for no good reason. So what I what I what I'm saying about this and getting back to it is now that we're going into week 2 we have a Ravens have a structure of their defense. You have a base, you have base coverages, base blitzes. You already know what you're probably going to run going into the week. There may be a twitch here and there, you may add a blitz just because. But other than that nothing's really going to change. So now you're spending 75% of your time on the offensive scheme instead of it being 30 or 40%. So now throughout the week, all you're doing is I got the offense. What are they running? Running they running out of this? What are they pulling doing that? What are they doing this? It's not about what I'm fitting, what defense is called. Is this guy slanting? I got to cover that hole. If we run this blitz, I got to get outside. No, it's already defined because it's already basic. It's already ingrained into all camp. All we got to do now is tweak here and there, add blitz here and there, pull blitz out, that stuff. So game planning becomes a little bit easier and simpler to the player because he doesn't have to worry about all that nonsense about new stuff coming in. All he's got to concentrate is that offensive guy, if he pulls his power coming this way. Or if they're in trips right with a single outside, they're going to run drag, dig behind it with a post on the backside. Like, that's what I got to worry about. Instead of, well, if that backside guy does a post and the tight end drags, I got to go look up number three across the field. And they, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that anymore. And I think that's going to help the consistency of the defense going forward. Now, let me ask you, because when you say that, that makes me think of something that David Shaw said. Now, he's head coach of Stanford. People may know that. He's uh, kind of more has an offensive background. But I think you can apply this to defense as well. So he's doing a clinic one year, and he was talking about how they appear to be very basic on offense, right? Don't run a ton of different stuff. You know, he's like, we can disguise it. We can dress it up with personnel, with formations. But basically, we're going to run power, right? <laughs> yep. We're going to get some down blocks. We're going to have a puller that kicks out, and we're going to have a puller that wraps, leads. And that's what we're going to do. Yep. And he said the reason that we choose to do it that way is because we want to spend the majority of our practice time focusing on fundamentals, technique, execution, stuff like that, and not on scheme. Like We yeah. want our scheme to be minimal 
so we can focus on the things that really help you win games. And he's like, that's that's the fundamental stuff. If guys are doing the fundamental stuff and they understand what they're doing and they have confidence in what they're doing, that's what wins games. It's not having 800 pages of, of, of calls. That's not what wins. No. So it sounds like on defense, you're saying something similar. Like, hey, we got a structure. We're going to have some flexibility within that structure where we can tweak things and maybe add a little something here, add a little something there. But for the most part, um, we can focus on us. Yes. Really. We spend a lot of time focusing on us and what we do. Obviously, we're going to watch the offense and understand what they do. But we can really hone in on the things that we do uh, and so that, you know, we'll, we'll just be really comfortable while we're right. out there. Yeah, everybody will be able to really work together. Yeah, I, I will say when I when I was coaching high school, we had I think seven or eight different types of blitzes, but I could run those out of every everything, and they were all basically the same in terms of responsibility, times of leverage, who's coming. You just, if it's out of dime, if it's out of nickel, if it's out of regular, if it was out of what we call navy, if it was out of our um, our stack, every call was the same. We could run in out of different formations. And, and then I'm just called field over smash and Depends on what for if we're in regular, if we're in nickel or dime. If it's nickel, the safety's coming off the edge with the linebacker coming. If we're in regular, two linebackers. You know, it's just like everything is the same. It's just different personnel. Yeah, Todd's gonna say for your guys, it's the same as kind of concept, right? Hey, that's the same as this. That's the same as that. To the offense, they're like, this guy's got twenty-five different blitzes. You're like, no, we don't. Looks like twenty-five different blitzes. Yeah. Probably eight. out of different personnel groups out of different alignments we could even mess around with disguise and have this guy kind of come in and then go out and it looks like it's something different but it's the same thing i can change one word instead of it being we'll just say like i would call base apples which is what we call will and sam in the in the in the a gap i can go base twist apples I just created another blitz, but nothing changes except instead of both linebackers going in their separate A gaps, they talk to each other. Who wants to go first? We're going to cross the center. (laughs) That's it. I just created, and I can run that out of five different defensive formations without having to compromise anyone. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're watching with Mike yeah. McDonald. I love it. Yeah, I love it because it's all about creating that illusion that you're so complex. There's so, so many complex. different things. We got to prepare for all of this different stuff. When really, like you said, you've got this core set of stuff that you do, and that's it. And you know, everybody understands it, and you don't have to worry about. Made such a good point about being like heavy, heavily schemed on stuff in previous years, it just sets up for guys to make mistakes. It's hard, man. It's hard Hard. to write on all of that stuff every game because it's like, wait a minute, we're doing this this week? So now we're doing this. Okay, wait a minute. Is that related to the other? No, no, no. That's different than that. 
You're just looking at each other like you spend you spend Wednesday and Thursday just learning a new defense. Yeah. And then by Friday, you're kind of like, okay, I kind of get it. Oh, we're playing a team? Yeah. <laughs> I go out there and play somebody. And you know, like you hear coaches say, you can prepare and you go into it feeling like you have a good idea of what you're gonna see, but you never really know until the ball's kicked off what you're actually going to get. Sometimes you get the looks and you get exactly what you expected, you know, from what you saw on film. And other times it's like, oh, that's a little bit different. Hadn't seen them, you know, hadn't seen them put that on because you get those unscouted looks and, you know, there's going to be some stuff like that. But when you have a core structure, that one that you're describing, that doesn't change very much, then, hey, we can can respond to that unscouted. So we'll be okay. We'll be all right. Um, cause you know, we're, we're sound in what we're doing. So we'll, we'll, we'll be, I mean, maybe they, they, you know, maybe they get us for a first down or something like that, but we'll be all right. Um, Just fine. Yeah, I'll figure we'll take, it out before they get to the 20. Yeah. We'll take, we'll take <laughs> that once they get to the 20, it's a different ball game. <laughs> yeah, Lock it down. You'll, you'll take that over a touchdown where guys are busting because they're not sure what they're supposed to be doing. They're looking at the other guy next to them and say, Hey, I thought you were doing this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's too much. It's hard it's enough already. It's hard enough as it is. You let's, need let's to make it any harder for people. What do they say? Free your mind and the yeah. rest will follow? Yes, free your mind. Yeah, if anything, you want to try to simplify this stuff, which is something, you know, it's a yes. word you used all last season. You know, you don't, you don't want to make this stuff any more complicated than need be. So, because you want these guys playing fast. When they play fast, like they did against the Jets, then guys can go out and make plays. And you don't feel like you're looking over your shoulder. The coach literally said, go, go, go get the football. We have a structure. Go get the football. You don't have to worry about that. Like, just go play football. The way we, we, we told you to. Instead of having to respond to everyone's. That's what I felt like last year was. We responded. We reacted. I mean, blitzing is great, but if you're at a clip of 32 to 40 percent, that's you. No, yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's high. No. It's high. And they, high. You, know, you know, and they, they had, if not led the league, they was always kind of near the top of the league in pressure rate. Um, and you know, people were saying, well, it's because they they struggle to get home with four, so they got to bring all this extra stuff. And I'm just like. I mean, look, it's it's, you know what I mean. It's it's a it's a catch. It wasn't too. a struggle to get there at four. It was the pass rush structure that was yeah. the problem. Yeah, it wasn't the number of guys coming. It wasn't. It was never <laughs> about the number, and that's what people need to get out of. It was the scheme. It was a way, and we just never paid attention to it because Zendarius Darius Smith would say something about it. Matthew Judon said something about it. Guys didn't want to stay here because they felt constricted yeah. by the pass rush lanes. Now, the only one who had freedom because he earned it was Suggs. Yeah. yeah. And even Suggs would have to be locked down on certain things because it was the structure of defense. But he was a team player and he would do that. Yeah, he, he had pelts on the wall. So he definitely yeah. had earned it. But I heard those guys make those comments. And I think you and I might have talked about this, or maybe I, I just imagine we talked about it um chris long but timmy jernigan wasn't good here 
Yeah, yeah. See, well, and then this is oh, man, that's a perfect tie-in because I was just about to say I heard Chris Long talk about it. he's got his own podcast. You know, he was high draft pick for the Rams and he got himself a Super Bowl with the Patriots, got him one with the Eagles. He was a rusher. And he talked about Baltimore and he said, Look, guys aren't gonna do numbers, right? He was talking about pressures and sacks. He said, guys aren't gonna do numbers in that Baltimore scheme. It's not set up for guys to do numbers because of what they asked their guys to do. And then tying it back into the Timmy Jernigan thing, he was talking to uh, Bo Allen, who had played on that Eagles Super Bowl team with him. He's like a de- defensive tackle. And they were talking about Indominus um, Sue right, down in Tampa Bay when he first got there. And he's like, every team, every defensive line needs that tone setter in the room. He's like, Sue was that tone setter for the Bucks when he went there. And he's like, who was the tone setter? Right? He's asking Bo Allen. He was like, who was the tone setter for us on our Super Bowl team? Both Timmy Jernigan. Timmy Jernigan was the t- and I would not. That's not a name that I would have thought about. But he's like he was the tone setter in our room, and he had that in him. He said he had that in him even when he was with the Ravens. But the Ravens system didn't wouldn't allow him to be Timmy Jernigan. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't work. It didn't work. And so he, he talked about wanting to go somewhere where he could be himself, right, and, and play. Yeah play to history. So I think you're right. I don't think a lot of us, you you obviously did, but I don't think a lot of us who, you know, kind of don't have that background and that that experience that you have knew what that was. We were just like, well, yeah, they say they can't get there with four because, you know, it's it's the four now. They didn't, they didn't know they didn't do any line stunts, <laughs> no twist. They did that weird one they did with Suggs to get him his sack early in the game, and they would never run it again. But that was a difference that was on sat- on Sunday. There were twists. There were line stunts. There were guys moving. That's pressure. That is unsettling to a quarterback. That's straight rushing all the time because that's all we saw here. If we were in some type of zone or we had a four-man rush, how many slants and how many twists did we ever see? Because we had the Suggs of the world. We had the Nanas of the world. Those guys were one-on-one guys. They didn't need twists and stunts to, to make plays. And some defensive coordinators don't like it because it takes you out of position. But there are times when you need to do it in terms of pass rushing and, and changing the levels of the quarterback's eyes so he's not always looking in lanes. He's looking at bodies doing this. Even if they're not getting there, he's seeing this. And something I saw, something I saw on Sunday that I didn't see as much of last year. Last year was kind of skewed because you had injuries and a bunch of different bodies coming through there. But even in 2020, when they did run games, when they did kind of run twists or stunts, those last two years, I would see guys run into each other a lot. I didn't see that as much on Sunday. I used to always wonder. I'm like, why are these guys? running into each other so much when they call me okay. Do they not because they didn't practice it. No. Yeah, I was gonna say, does somebody not know that we're doing it? Did like one guy know, the other guy didn't know? No, you it's it goes back to being schemed for that week. They put that scheme in for that week. So if you don't run it consistently, you don't drill it from camp where you're doing burr stunts and loop stunts and yeah. tackle stunts. There's a timing factor to that. And every guy gets used to the guy next to him. If the guy next to you is a little slow, you're going to be a little slow. If he's quick, that means you can be quick. But if you never do it with the guy next to you, you're going to have guys doing this the whole time. Yeah. 
which is what I saw. And that makes sense now when you break it down the way that you have really cut, you know, out throughout this whole you know, question and the answer that you gave is, hey, if we're just putting in like this really specific stuff and then here comes a call, OK, all right, we're going to run this way. Hey, here's the one where we got that game. Maybe we worked that couple of times during the week and we finally you ran, it five, you ran it five times all week. You get a call during the game. You're like, all right, what, what are we doing now? Who's going first? Who's going second? And it just looked like guys were really uncertain about it, um, you know, over the last – That's year. why, guys, that's yeah. why a lot of teams against us would just run fence protection. Yeah. You just line up three guys. Somebody's going to show up to you. Yeah. Because we were all about in <laughs> scheme and staying – Ah, you just build fence. Guys just running to you, catching. Quarterback just throws out a nice five yard out to the running back and goes for sixty. But the good news is, here we are. Here we are now <laughs> with something different. Uh, something. That Thank you. Both, yeah, something that we we both uh, feel good about and uh, look forward to seeing it. Um, gotta gotta you know, there's no there's no weeks off in the NFL. You you don't get any any uh, homecoming games or anything like that. So, you know, we got the Dolphins coming into town for the home opener at the bank. And they got speed, speed, and more speed on offense. So, um, you know, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. And, and you know, for me, I, I think, you know, the players are always going to say, um, hey, we, you know, it's just the next game. We're not circling anything on the calendar or anything like that. But, from the offense's perspective, I think they got to feel like, hey, we got them last year on a short rest. It was a Thursday night game. You know, Flores, you know, with all of that, you know, showing seven and guys dropping out and all those re-pressures, you know, didn't have a ton of time to prepare for it. But I, I just feel like over this offseason, that was one thing that they said, hey, guess what? We got these guys on schedule again. It, it ain't going to happen like that this time. <laughs> okay, we had – we had three days last time. It, it, it ain't it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna fly. You know, so I know it's a different team, different Dolphins team, different head coach. Um, but I think they kept their defensive coordinator and a couple guys on defensive staff. So I think they're still doing a lot of the stuff that they did last year. But I think the Ravens offense will be better prepared for it this year. And if they're not, then you know, the Greg Roman seat which somebody gonna get fired. Greg Roman's so, seat, seat, <laughs> seat seems to always be hot, at least among the fan base. Uh, it's only going to get hotter if if they're not. But I fully expect them to have a good plan for it because, like I said, they've had way more time uh, to prepare for this going, right. into, going into this matchup than they did going into that Thursday night game last week. So um, that's going to be a fun one. But anyway, I think we go ahead and wrap this thing. I think we touched on everything we want to touch on. Um, Got to hit the usuals. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share on all your socials, whatever you do, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, wherever, right? Spread the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Appreciate everybody for tapping in. All the interaction on Twitter has been great. Uh, you know, been getting some 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 new people coming to the show and, and commenting on how much they enjoy it and stuff. So, of course, we always appreciate that. But the one thing that you can all be assured of, fully guaranteed, like Lamar's looking for, we don't do overtime. <laughs> we are 